We're going to continue now with opening up the Word of God, and we have a very special treat today. I am actually, I've taken some time this week to just receive as well and to be with my family and uh, enjoy some time of rejuvenation. So today I also get to receive of God's Word from a dear friend of mine, Pastor Nick Pope. He's the pastor of Sequoia Community Church in Fresno, California. Just uh, north of here, about 40 minutes, uh, he and Sequoia have been a partner with Imago Church since the very beginning. And I'm so privileged to be able to um, have Nick, Pastor Nick Pope, uh, share with us God's word today. And throughout this month of January, we've been talking about what it means to be in covenant together. Last week, we talked about a commitment to covenant with God and with one another. And this week... Pastor Nick is going to talk to us about a commitment to God's word and what it means to be a community that is fully committed to the word of God. And so I am very excited to be able to welcome Pastor Nick Pope to share with us God's word this morning. So friends, brothers, sisters, would you join me in welcoming our dear friend and partner in the gospel, Pastor Nick Pope. Well, I'm going to get right into the scripture. We're looking at 2 Timothy, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, uh, starting at verse 14 and finishing up uh, through chapter 4, uh, ending at verse 8. Now, um, the the book or the, the letter that, of Timothy is a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote um, to Timothy, who uh, Timothy was his pupil. Um, uh, Paul uh, discipled Timothy from from a young age, and Timothy was this guy that was just this this, this faithful right hand man of Paul's, and just followed him, and and just had just unbelievable servant's heart, and um, and he pastored a church in Ephesus, which is nearby Turkey, and so Paul is is writing uh, this letter uh, to Timothy, and actually he's writing it uh, from um, the prison cell of a Roman prison uh, where where Paul was incarcerated. So let me read uh, this to you. 2 Timothy 3.14. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believe, knowing from who you learned it, and how from childhood you have known the sacred writings that are able to instruct you for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, so that everyone who belongs to God may be proficient, equipped for every good work. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is the judge of the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I solemnly urge you, proclaim the message. Be persistent, whether the time is favorable or unfavorable. Convince, rebuke, and encourage with the utmost patience and teaching, for the time is coming when people will not put up with sound doctrine, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own desires and will turn away from listening to the truth and to wander away to myths. As for you, always be sober, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, carry out your ministry fully. As for me, I am already being poured out as a libation. At the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. From now on, there is reserved for me the crown of righteousness, 
which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Death. I, I turn now to this passage because um, Paul is, is writing this passage. He's writing this letter to, to his pupil, to, to someone whom he loved very, very dearly, who he ministered with and traveled and worked with, and, and now he's at the end of his life. He's now preparing to face death. He, he knows that, that, that his, uh, his execution is near, that, that he's not going to live much longer. And I think it's in those moments where, where you, I think, find the most clarity about what is most important in life. You know, too often we, we get distracted or focused on things that, that we think are so important or so essential that at the end of the day are ultimately meaningless. We, we, we like to compete with our neighbors about who can have the bigger and better house, who can have the bigger and better car, who can, who can have the, the most success in life, who can have the most achievements. We go back and forth thinking about all those types of things. But at the end of the day, every one of us is going to face an end. And that's when we say what really matters. Because at the end of the day, you cannot take a single thing with you. So then you start to wonder, okay, if I know my time is near, what is it that I want to say to the people I care about the most, that I love the most, that matter to me the most? What is it that they need to hear? What do I need to share with them? Well, that is Paul talking to Timothy, saying, this is what you need to know. I want this is as I am about to end my life. I'm in everyone is facing us. As I'm about to end my life, what is it that you want to know? And what does he say in verse 14? But you continue in what you have learned and firmly believing, knowing from whom you learned it. Timothy came from, from a family who knew God and were close and walked with God. His mother's name was Eunice, and Eunice discipled him and loved him, and, and they found uh, Christ and knew him personally, and he was instructed and learned that way. And then, of course, Paul took him in under his wing. Can you imagine the Apostle Paul, one of the most influential apostles in all of Scripture, and walks with him so that he knows what it means. He says, and how from childhood you have known the sacred writings that are able to instruct you for salvation through faith in Christ. And of course, when we talk about salvation, we're not simply talking about, about being saved from, from the fires of hell or, or salvation of, of being able to go to heaven one day. Salvation is a reality that begins in our lives right now, that when we receive Christ, salvation is in us. It is mind, body, spirit. It's all of those things that are working and changing us and changing us into the image and presence of Christ. That happens throughout our entire life. When you put your faith and trust in Christ, that journey begins in your life as you become more and more like Christ, all the way till the end. Of course, we know the end is then just the beginning. Because of Christ's resurrection, we have hope in our own resurrection. But it is that salvation that matters. That's what matters the most. People need to know that. They need to know that there's something deeper and better that Christ offers in their life, a kind of peace, a kind of hope that will never be shaken, a kind of forgiveness, a place where, where those of you who, who, have, who have just been, who've just been beaten down with guilt and shame in your life, maybe you've been abused, maybe you've been neglected, maybe you've been forgotten in some way, Christ comes with his salvation and says, you're going to find hope. Your life actually matters. 
It's important. It's significant. Your life has purpose. There's a God who created you, a God who loves you, and Christ says, I want you to know me and find my salvation. And of course, we discover and learn about salvation through his word. He says, all scripture is inspired by God. Uh, some of the older texts say, God breathed and is useful for teaching, correction, and training in righteousness. God has given us his word so that we can know about him. We don't know everything about God. We only know what God reveals to us. We can look outside and know that, that there is a God who created all this. You can look in the beauty of this world and, and realize that, yes, this had to have been made by God. I uh, was with my mother-in-law last week or last yesterday, and we took a walk on the beach and just to watch the oceans come in. And just uh, my mother-in-law was collecting these sand dollars. And you just look at the design of these sand dollars and just think about the beauty and about the, the countless numbers of them that, that are there on the beach. And I think that God created and made those things. But then God's word gives us something more specific, a specific revelation about who God is and how we might know him, how we might find him, how we might find salvation through him. So Paul tells Timothy, use the scriptures. You know, it's important for us, uh, every time I preach a sermon, you know, I'm not here to, to give you tips on how to live your life. I'm here to look at God's word and say, this is what God's word says. And this is how it points us to salvation and what's most important. You know, you can, you can get tips from anywhere nowadays. <laughs> you, you know, we have WikiHow and we have YouTube and we have a whole bunch of other sites out there where you can learn about all kinds of things. But it's in Scripture where we learn who Christ is and how we can know him. So Paul tells Timothy to put your faith in Christ, but put your rest on his Scriptures and his word. And then he says this, In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is the judge of the living and the dead, and the view view of his appearing and his kingdom, I solemnly urge you, proclaim the message and be persistent whether the time is favorable or unfavorable. Paul says, Timothy, if you want to know what really matters, what is it that you need to do? What, what, What is your core mission? You need to proclaim the message. What do we mean by the message? The message is the gospel itself. That word gospel means good news. See, a lot of times people think that that Christianity is is, is really uh, a a religion that gives you a a bunch of advice on how to live your life or or teaching on, on the way that you should live your life. But if you really want to understand what Christianity is and what we mean by the gospel, it really isn't advice as it is news. It's news. In fact, the word gospel means good news. It's news that brings incredible joy. It's news that changes you. You've heard me say this before. It's it's news that changes us, not information, not teaching. I can remember when I got the news that um, that my wife and I were expecting our first child. Right? I learned. I've read about about uh, about bringing children to this world, but it was when I got the news that my life was changed. I get when the news that that my first child was a, was a girl. I learned about what life was going to be like, and uh, and then I had a second girl. And I, I'm learning more about what life is going to be like, and then and then I had a boy, and then all of a sudden everything started to change once again. But it's the news that changes us. We're always changed and moved by news. Nobody on Facebook posts 
information, everyone posts news. And usually it's news that's exciting, news that is good. The gospel is news. And what is that news? That our lives, because we ran away from God, were broken, messed up, in dysfunction and in disaster and in decay. But there's a God who loved us and became one of us in Jesus Christ, lived the life that we should have lived, died the death that we should have died, and rose again and ascends into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, overseeing everything and invites us in as his children and as heirs in his kingdom. He is able to take the things, the, the, the things in our life that are so broken that we can never fix ourselves. You know, the mess that we've made that's just so bad that we cannot fix. And he brings us his forgiveness. I don't know about you, but that's what I need to hear every single week. I need to hear that daily. I need to hear that, that, that I have been forgiven. That I'm not alone, I'm not forgotten. That there is a God who loves me. And that there's a place for me. There's a place for you. You know, that's why, why being a part of, of a community of faith is so important because we cannot understand the reality of the gospel simply by, by reading it in the Bible or, 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 just, or just seeing it even on television. It's when we're together. There's something collectively about us together as a community. As the Bible calls us, the body of Christ that we understand. When I see you, I see Christ in you. I understand my faith better because of you. Every single one of us, as we have received Christ, is on that special journey of growth, learning more and more to become like him. Paul says, this is what you need to know, and this is what you need to proclaim, Timothy. Don't be an advice giver. Don't be, don't be someone that, that, that lists off a bunch of points of what people need to follow. Proclaim the message and be persistent. The time is coming when people will not put up with sound doctrine, but have itching ears. They will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own desires. Everyone nowadays is looking for people that will tell them stories that will fit their narrative. The sources of media that we go to are always the ones that confirm what we already believe and what we already feel. Everyone looks for that, looks for what the latest and greatest is. Paul says, Timothy, there's only one, and that's the gospel itself. Only by being persistent in proclaiming that do the work of an evangelist carry out your ministry fully. We do that work as God's people to share that news in a place of grace, in a place of, of non-judgment, in a place of radical acceptance, a place where everyone knows you are accepted as you are and you are loved as you are. And God's not here to beat you over the head or to cast you out, but he's here to welcome you in. It's that radical acceptance and grace. And then finally, Paul, as for me, I am already being poured out as a libation. My time of departure has come. I fought the good fight. Paul is facing the thing that every single one of us is going to face. Every single one of us is going to be where Paul went. It's going to happen. What's going to be most important to you? Maybe that petty squabble you're in right now probably is not worth it. 
Maybe maybe you you your concern or, or worry about about even the future. Maybe that shouldn't be where you should be focused. Maybe the uncertainty you face and, and the panic you feel about your job or or even the political climate. Maybe those are not the things that are most important. Maybe the most important thing is understanding that you are loved because Christ loved you first and offers himself to you and says, would you invite me in? Everyone will always disappoint. Only Christ will not disappoint because his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. There is no end. May we be filled and reminded of the comfort and joy that can only come through him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. It is God-breathed. We thank you that you gave it to us. We thank you that because you came into this world, we have been changed forever. Help us to focus on what's most important. Help us to put aside what is insignificant. Help us to be reminded daily Wow, we're so grateful that we had this opportunity to receive from a dear friend and a partner church. I'm so glad that on this journey together, we, we sojourn, we walk together. And even though we're different uh, congregations, local churches, we are connected together and united as the body of Christ. So thankful that Pastor Nick had this opportunity to remind us of what it means to commit to the Word of God. And having, be, having the Word of God, the, the, the promises of God in the Scriptures be what we place all of our hope and all of our weight down. I love how Pastor Nick reminded us that all other things will disappoint all other people, places, things, and outcomes, all of that will disappoint. It will only be Jesus Christ, the living word, the living hope, the living Lord that will never, ever disappoint. Let's pray together as we conclude this time in the word of God. Lord, we thank you so much that we are united in you and that today we were blessed by the message of a dear friend, of, of a dear pastor, Nick Pope, over at Sequoia Church in Fresno. And Lord, I just pray a blessing upon them that you would just continue to, to, to grant them favor, Lord, to lead them to just continuously be a witness of your gospel, of you, Jesus, over in Fresno. And God, I'm so inspired, Lord, that they seek to be that, Lord, to bring shalom, your peace to Fresno, Lord, and to be your witnesses there in that context. And Lord, I just pray that we as a partner church would be able to be inspired by that and glean that as well, Lord, knowing that we are called for so much more, Lord. We are called to literally be your presence, to be your hands and feet, O oh Jesus. And we pray, Lord, that we would commit to your word. We would commit to your mission. We would commit to your call and who you call us to be, Lord. Not just what others call us, not just what we think we should be, but to who you call us to be. And we are yours, God. We love you, Lord, and um, we just uh, dedicate ourselves to you fully. And God, 
do your will with us in 2021. May your will be done, Lord. We surrender. We trust in you. And we commit to your calling. Renew our passion. Renew our commitment to you and to each other. And to the calling that you have in our lives. And in our life as a church. Guide us, O God. And Holy Spirit, bring it all together. It's in your mighty and faithful name, Jesus, that we pray all these things. Amen.